Hello and welcome back to the Eurotrips Football Podcast. We are here, not for our normal podcast, as it is the World Cup starting on Sunday in less than two days' time. We're doing a Bonanza Bumper World Cup preview. And for the episode, we've got two of our three regulars. We've got with me Ryan and Naeem. How are you both? Yeah, not too bad. Tired, but it's a weekend so far. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. And how are you both feeling ahead of the World Cup? Are you excited? Are you a bit still feeling weird about it because it's winter? How are you feeling ahead of the World Cup? Um, no, because Arsenal's in good form and, yeah, this break is uh, not what we needed. But uh, it's still a World Cup, so, yeah, I'll try and enjoy it as much as I can. But, obviously, most of the games will be on while I'm at work, so I'll probably just be trying to watch them on my phone in the background. But, obviously, the evening games I'll be able to watch, so... Yeah, just gonna have to see how it goes, I guess. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a weird one, obviously it being in the winter, but yeah, we'll see we'll see how it goes, I guess. How about you, Ryan? Are you feeling the same as Naeem about Arsenal's you know current form and the disruption to that, or are you feeling anything anything different? Yeah, I think it's probably the least excited probably anyone's felt going into a World Cup, especially me. It's not the same buzz around it like there normally is obviously it's normal in the summer for us so everyone's normally in a bit of a better mood anyway but this time of the year it's a bit grim isn't it the weather's a bit crap so it's just I don't know it's not the same and I don't think it'll be I mean we're, it's already sort of going a bit not right over there from what I've seen on social media um so I don't I, I don't think it's going to be a great World Cup, unfortunately. Well, I think the exact opposite to you two, for, for many reasons. First of all, because it gives us a chance for a break. And for Liverpool, for Liverpool fans, it's just been in a really bad season. And to have only one of our attackers actually going in Darwin Nunes, we've got Salah's not going, Mane's, oh, Mane's God, ignore me. Jota's uh, <laughs> not, not playing, Diaz isn't playing, Firmino wasn't picked. So all we have, apart from, apart from Nunes, we're going to have all our attackers fresh for the rest of the season. So I think that could be for our top four hopes. I think that's a really good boost. But of course, the main reason I'm excited is because Wales are in it. For the first time in 64 years, the first time in my lifetime, and my dad's lifetime, my my whole family's lifetime, pretty much, it's the first time we're going to see Wales in the World Cup. And it's a shame that, you know, for me personally, you know, travelling in America, I'm not going to be able to watch it with my family unless somehow we make it to the final. Um, it's, you know, it's, for me, I'm, very, I'm really excited because, you know, Whilst I'm not going to watch every game because of my travels, I think I'm going to make sure I watch every Wales game if I can. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm so excited because, you know, a lot like Liverpool winning the Premier League, it's something I dreamt off my whole life to see Wales play in the World Cup. You know, being so close to England where I live, you know, seeing all my English friends watching their team play in the World Cups, you know, and all that. For me, I've never had it. So for me to have it now in a football World Cup, it's just going to be amazing. And whilst, you know, for us, unlike England, there's no pressure. So for us, it's just going to be, you know, just happy to be there. Anything more is a bonus. And I think that definitely the players are going to feed into that. Um, yeah, it's just so exciting for me personally. Um, and yeah, I'm hoping we can do well. But I I think, yeah, I think we'll probably get to the round of 16 at best. Maybe quarterfinal if we're lucky. But I don't think, I'm not the biggest fan of Rob Page's kind of football. So I don't think we'll get far, but we'll see. Um, so in terms of the episode, we're going to give you a few of our predictions. We're not going to go through what we have done in other episodes, like group by group, who's going to win each group. That'll take far too long. 
So we've got a few categories um, to give you. So it's going to be the winner, the runners-up, the top goal scorer, the over and under achievers, and also the player of the tournament. Um, and of course, the elephant in the room, Jonathan isn't here, um, which is a shame because obviously three of the four teams that are in our one group are in this podcast, but he will send us a voice note regardless about what he thinks about each prediction. So you will hear Jonathan's voice at some point in this episode. But we're going to leave some of them till last. We're going to leave like the top goal, the winners, runners up till the end. So we're going to go, first of all, for which team we think is going to overachieve. Now, who am I going to go to first? We're going to head, head to Ryan first on this one. Um, so, Ryan, who are you predicting to be your overachievers in this World Cup? So, so I thought, to be honest, my original pick was going to actually be Portugal because not many people sort of speak about Portugal, but because of what's happened with um, Ronaldo over the last week or so, I think that's going to distract a lot of the players. There seems to be a, a little bit of a needle between uh, Ronaldo and perhaps some of Portugal's bigger players. And I think that's what may hold them back as well as the manager. I don't rate the manager. I don't think a lot of people do. So I've, I've gone for Uruguay, which I think is a lot of people's choice as well, because not only do they, you know, they have obviously Suarez and Cavani, who will both be there and we know they're getting on, but they're still lethal goal scorers. Um, but it's, it's some of the other players that they've got in in form. Obviously, Benson Cure uh, has been in good form for Spurs leading up to the World Cup. But obviously their most notable player is Valverde of Real Madrid. Arguably, you know, the best midfielder in the world at the moment. Uh, you know, it might be a shout, but he's been in such good form for Real Madrid over the last sort of 12 to 18 months. And I think he can make a, a big difference. But what might hold them back is the fact that they've got a bit of an Asian defence. They haven't got the best goalkeeper either. And the loss of... Uh, of Ronald Araujo from uh, Barcelona is a is a big miss for them as well. So um, I can see them maybe reaching the maybe the quarterfinal stage, which I think would be a decent achievement for them. But I think that's where they might come up short, maybe against a, a team with with a, with a youthful attack and a lot of pace. Yeah, I think that you know Uruguay had that great tournament in 2010. They got the semi-finals, and I don't think they'll get. Anything near that. I think quarterfinals they can get to. I think um I think I actually had it in the quarterfinals in my um World Cup predictor um I did on the website. But yeah, and I think that, you know, Valverde for me is is one player that I've I've loved watching, albeit I don't watch him every week, but whenever I watch Real Madrid play, whenever I watch Valverde play on the field, he just always takes my breath away. He's always someone I've really enjoyed watching. So I think for me, he, uh, I know we're we'll mentioning player tournament later on, but I think he could be definitely a dark horse for that award. I think he's just a brilliant player. And of course, Suarez is a man that, you know, even though he's getting older, he still, in recent years, has known how to score goals. I mean, maybe not last, last year or so, but even a year and a half ago, two years, he was still scoring goals. So for me, um, yeah, I've got no problem with that. Um, Naeem, over to you. Who is your uh, under, under overachievers in this tournament? Well, yes, this one kind of changed a few times um, for, for myself. But going through the, looking through the teams and the groups, I've gone for Serbia. Um, I've, I think they, I think they should be able to get out of the group. Obviously, they're in Brazil, uh, Switzerland, 
and Cameroon's Cameroon. group. So, yeah, I, I, like, I like the look of their team. You know, they've got some good attackers there. You've got, um, you got uh, Vlahovic, uh, Jovic and Mitrovic. Um, obviously, Mitrovic has been informed this season. Uh, the midfield is pretty good as well. You obviously got Milinkovic Savic, he's having a good season. Obviously, you've got Dusan Tajic, he's got the experience as well. So I think yeah, if they can get out of the group stages, they can, I don't know, maybe get past the first knockout round. So I think they may overachieve because I can't remember the last time um they did have a World Cup appearance. But yeah, uh, judging by the group that they have, obviously I reckon Brazil will probably top that, but I think it will be a toss-up uh, toss between them and Switzerland for that second place. So, yeah, I'm going to go with them. Uh, they've got they've got a good squad squad there on paper, but obviously, obviously we have to see what happens in the actual tournament. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Serbia as my overachievers. I like that. I like that a lot. That's um form of Mitrovic as well. I think it's just... Um... I think he could be again another player that we could mention. We could be mentioning later on for our top goal scorer awards. Um, yeah. So, for me, I've gone for the hosts. I've gone for Qatar. Now, there's many reasons why I think Qatar. First of all, I think that um, their group itself, you know, it's them, Ecuador, Senegal, and the Netherlands. And no Mane for Senegal. Obviously, Netherlands will go through probably as group winners. And then Ecuador, Senegal, you know, they haven't got many standout players. I think that that's a great chance for them. Um, also, the heat, I think there's obviously um, Ecuador certainly will be used to the heat, but I think so in terms of the home advantage, I think that could play a part. And I hate to say at the last point, we saw it in the South Korean World, uh, World Cup of 2002, you know, how many referee decisions went in their favour. And we all saw how Qatar got the World Cup. You know, I'm not saying this happened again because I think that they're certainly trying their best to, you know, try and repair the reputation the country had from when they got announced as the hosts. I, I do think that. There could potentially be some, you know, we've seen some some questionable stuff as Ryan met, alluded to at the start of the podcast about what's going on around the World Cup at the moment. And I just think there could be a potential for that to be a factor as well. So I think for all those three reasons combined, I've gone for Qatar um, as my uh, uh, overachievers. So on the flip side, we're going to go from overachievers to our underachievers. Now, we're going to go straight back to me. Because I'm going to go for France as my over my underachievers. Um, I think first of all, there's definitely been a uh, sort of thing on World Cup winners in recent years. We saw Italy go out the group stage in 2010 after winning it four years earlier. We saw Spain do the same thing in 2014, and we saw Germany do it in 2018 after they won it. And I think France, we all saw them, you know, underachieve in the Euros last year. Um, you know, Pogba's out and Pogba. Say you want about his club performances for Man U for international level, he's always performing well. You know, Mbappe had a difficult tournament last time. You know, and I, I just think that there's certain players are missing, and I, I think that um, you know, Varane got the injury. I don't know whether he's going to be fit, and whether he'll be if he is fit, whether he'll be the same player that he was playing like before he got injured. So I think there's just a lot of uncertainty around France, and I think that whilst you know they've still got Mbappe, they've still got you know all these brilliant players, you know, in the team. And I think Kante's ageing as well. Um, Lloris has been in poor form. I just think France, you know, they had their moment, but I just don't think they're going to do anything similar. And of course, that that curse is real when it comes to World Cup winners. So, um, yeah, I'm going to give it to France. Um, heading back to Naeem, um, who are you going to say as your underachievers? Um, well, I'm going to go over a team that should get out of the group stages, but... Uh, when it comes to the knockout rounds, I think um, I think they'll fall short in the first knockout round. I want to go with England. Um, obviously, they got to the semi-finals in the last World Cup. They obviously lost to Croatia, who obviously then went on to lose to France in the final. But 
their form going into the international form going into the tournament has not been great. Um, I actually saw their last game, uh, the last game obviously before the, obviously the World Cup break, obviously against Germany. They drew three three in that game, but uh, Gareth Southgate he's he's not a very attacking manager. Um, he, he, he you know he'll play five at the back and the two holding midfielders as well. So it's I don't think it's going to be very good for England this this time round. Um, you know, obviously they got to the finals of the Euros as well. Um, if if you know if he had better tactics, he could they could have maybe actually obviously win that. But yeah, so a lot of these teams um, in the World Cup have gone for most of the players have gone for the same as the ones in the twenty eighteen. But I think it's kind of time to refresh it up a bit. You know, yeah, they they got you that far, but some of them not been playing well for their, their club teams and international internationally. At five at the back is just not good. I think if he went if he went for a back four, um, then it you know it might change a bit. But yeah, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna underachieve this time round, and I think quite a lot of people f- um, feel the same way as well. So I'm gonna go with England as my underachievers uh, this time round, and yeah, Southgate probably gets sacked at the end of this, but we'll see anyway because they'll probably keep on to him like they usually do with these sort of managers. Yeah, I'm actually glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask you boys at some point about your thoughts because obviously you two, obviously English um, from England, so obviously you've got the um, obviously personal experience as well being an England fan. But um, obviously you've meant, you've given your point there now about your thoughts on Southgate. I know obviously we'll go to you, right? I know you and Alex had um, a massive debate about <laughs> Southgate. I think it was a year ago. I want to say it was just just before the World Cup or Euros or just after the Euros. During the Euros, weren't it? Yeah, I think it was yeah. even more after, and I, I know you definitely have different opinions on it. Um, and obviously, there's been a lot of talk about the, the what is announced and about the form England have been in um, in the last, say, six to eight months. You know, the losses in the Nations League, which I also think is a pointless tournament, so I didn't quite get that. But um, yeah, Ryan, I know you've been very vocal about the England team on Twitter. Um, so what, what's your thoughts been on, on Southgate and about England ahead of this World Cup coming up? Well, I'd be a lot more optimistic about our tournament if we had a better manager because as much as Southgate is a good manager, he's not an elite manager and he's certainly not a world-class manager. You know, he got got that role simply because he'd done a good job with the under-21s and he was a safe choice at the end of the day. Um, uh, we've, We've seen the kind of football that he plays. It's not free-flowing attacking football. It's not anything like some of the top Premier League teams play. Um, it's way too defensive. And I don't trust that he will make the right decisions throughout this tournament. Um, I don't mind the squad that he's picked. Um, I'd like to have seen maybe one or two differences. But overall, I think you know we're, we have some world-class players in a lot of areas of the pitch. But because of the system that he will play and the players that he will no doubt pick, I think that we we will we will underachieve as well. And they are they're my underachievers as well because okay. of that that fact. I think he'll he'll probably play Maguire, which is an awful decision. Um, I don't know who we'll pick at left back and right back. I mean, we only have one left back in Luke Shaw, who you never know really what you're going to get out of him at right back. Walker's not fit yet. Um, got Kieran Trippier, who I don't mind him. I think he's a good right back. 
Um, personally, I'd they should they should be you know, although he's an Arsenal player, Benjamin White for me has to play. He's been in brilliant form for Arsenal, one of our least you know lesser talked about players so far this season. But considering he's been playing out of position at right back, he's done a wonderful job there. He's got a really good relationship with Saka as well on that right hand side. Saka will more than likely play on that side as well. So that's what they should be looking at. They should be looking at partnerships on the pitch that have already sort of forged and and look to exploit teams there. And they should u- use the attacking talent that we have because we do have some of the best players in the world there, but they, he won't do that. And that, that will be our undoing. And I actually think we've got a much tougher group than people think. I think Iran, um, the team, I, I actually got them in our sweepstake, funny enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to say. I haven't watched much of them, so I don't really know what they're like. But certainly the United States have got some dangerous players. And Wales, you know, people will point to Bale and will point to, to Ramsey. But the thing what makes Wales a dangerous team is that the fact that they're a team and they they want to win more than anything. They want, you know, they're all proud to be out there playing at the end of the day. And I don't think the same can almost be said for for England and some maybe some of the other big teams. You know, they they almost have that that un, underdog field to them, which can make them a very dangerous team to go up against. So um, I don't think it'll be a breeze through the group. I think they will get through the group, but it won't be easy. I'm going to defend here, uh, Southgate. First of all, I think Trippier has to start for me with Ben White because the form Trippier's been in, um, I think he has to start. He's been the best right back in the Premier League this season, in my eyes. He's been unbelievable for that Newcastle team. Um, I would have picked Tony, but obviously we know now why Tony's not <laughs> been picked. Um, I think he was probably England's best, second-best striker in form-wise behind Kane. Um, and yeah, I, I think that... I have, no, I have no problem mainly with... I think the only one I had a problem with was Conor Gallagher because I don't think he yeah. uh, did enough yeah. in my eyes to... I think if he did it, if it was last summer, last winter, even, I would have said yes because he's playing brilliant mm. for Palace, but he'd done nothing for Chelsea. His last mo- moment, I believe, was getting sent off, if, I, <laughs> if my memory's right. But I think that everyone goes back to the whole fact that, you know, Southgate had these two easy run-ins. But, you know, Sven Gornegs had never did anything and they had easy run-ins and they, you know... I know they played Portugal twice and got knocked out and they asked as well as a good team Portugal had. I, I just think that Southgate, you know, he's gone to a final for a reason and a lot of these players he had as an under-21s manager, he, he's now working with, like likes of Luke Shaw um, and other players as well. I think um, James Ward-Prowse is one of them. I don't know why he wasn't picked, actually, instead of Conor Gallagher because he's already worked with him in the past. Um, and I, I just think that even though, you know, I think, you know, if they do struggle this tournament, uh, I think potentially then you can look at that's a valuable that's a valuable reason to get rid of him. But I think people who were calling for his head, you know, in the Nations League, which again I think is a pointless tournament to get worked up about because it's just it means nothing, has no, no bearings on England on England's status as a, as a country in terms of World Cup qualifiers or anything like that. I don't believe so. Um, I think that for me, until he performs badly in the World Cup, I think that you can't get rid of him because I think that he. He's had two major tournaments and he's, you know, oh. he, he's got to a final once and a semi-final once. And I know Roy Hodgson had a loss to Iceland. Roy Hodgson lost to a, uh, at the time, not a great France team, you know. And uh, 2010, Capello lost to Germany, who obviously ended up winning it. But, you know, 
Capello struggled against Slovakia, struggled against um, USA, struggled against Algeria. Whereas Gareth Southgate, they've beaten Sweden, Ukraine 4 0, they've beaten Sweden, they, uh, you know, they've beaten Panama 6 1. So they, they've beaten teams convincingly. And I think they've, I think he's getting a rough ride. And I think that until he performs badly in a major tournament, to me, you can't sack him in my eyes. The, the problem is he'll never do badly at a major tournament because of the football that he plays. You know, that mm. we're, we're never going to get, you know, obliterated by, by a team, in my opinion, because of how defensively minded he is, which benefits him in, in, in that sense. Um, and he is saved often by the fact that they've got Kane and, and Saka and Sterling and Ferdinand and whatnot up front. But I think the thing, what my thing is, and what other people may, may view as they should be doing better with the players that we have and I agree about the Nations League it is, it's, it's, it's totally pointless I, I would never have thought you know you know, they'd sack him now at the end of the day so close to the World Cup you can't you can't do it but I do think no matter what if we do good or bad this will be his last tournament I can't see him staying on past that you know and I'd, I'd like to see the role be given to someone who's willing to play a better style of football and and really utilize our you know our best players. That's 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 my only thing. Like I say, I don't think he's a bad manager. I just think that they could get better. Yeah, I, I do agree because I think that as also we saw with Sven Gorn Eriksson that that was a generational talent wasted. And I think that whilst I don't think that the England team now is anywhere near the level of you know Lampard, Scholes, Gerrard, you know Rooney and all that, I think there's still a good team there. You've got Kane, who's for me. I think he's now spent himself one of the best ever Premier League strikers in history, looking at his goals record. Sterling, club level has been poor form, but he always performs for England. You know, you've got Saka, who for me is one of England's best young players we've had in years. You've had in years, I should say. Uh, the amount of right backs you've got, I know Reece James isn't, is injured, but you know, you've got him, Trent, you've got Kieran Trippier, you know, you've got some good goalkeeper thinking Ramsdale and Pope and Pickford for England turns into prime Casillas. Um, and yeah, even the field, Bellingham's like a really good young talent. You've got him, you've got, you know, Henderson's been a, it's a reliable source for years for for, um, for Liverpool, and obviously he doesn't get many games for England, but Declan Rice is another young player who I would love Liverpool to get in the summer. Um, you know, you've got some great players, and I think that there's definitely a, a feeling that that time is coming in terms of the goal generation, And but I, I still think until he performs badly, there's no reason English should get rid of him. But I think this tournament will be a real test because I think that, from my memory, looking at, um, I did a sort of a prediction for the like did I one of those Walker predictor things. Yeah. I got a feeling England have would have to face potentially um, the, the runners up of that Qatar group. So maybe they play Qatar in the round of sixteen if or Senegal or Ecuador, and then the quarterfinal they probably play France. Um, from from what I'm yeah. seeing here, so um, if France makes it to the quarterfinals, so I think. That'll be the test. I think that if they make it to the quarterfinals and play for someone like France or someone like Portugal or Brazil or Argentina, I think if they can beat one of them, because um, they have had they have had an easy run and I'm not um, forgetting that they have had an easy run in these last two tournaments. So I think if they could play a good team and beat them, I think that's obviously a good progress. I think that's a real sign. One thing because they played Italy, they lost. They played Croatia, they lost in the when they did play up against a good teams. So I think if it happens again and the third time in a the tournament they play a good team and lose, I think that's Maybe a sign then you you should maybe think about uh, other managers. Um, and from from 
the same thing from that predictor. I think our side of the draw is is the more favourable side because, like I say, if they get to the quarterfinals, yeah, they might beat France, which will more than likely be their downfall. But you know, if they do manage to get past them, they're looking at maybe Spain, Portugal, maybe mm-hmm. Serbia. They're capable of beating beating any of those. So you know, you you can possibly see the route, you know, to the semi-finals, finals there for them. I just don't think they've got enough to beat, you know, the other any any well, one of the big teams on the other side of the draw. So we're gonna move on from our Southgate chat and we're now gonna to head to our top goal scorer predictions. Of course Harry Kane got the award back in twenty eighteen. Um we'll go to you first, Ryan. Will it be Kane again or are you going for someone else? I'm going for someone else. Just because it doesn't really fit my agenda. <laughs> One, because I don't think England, like I say, would do that well. And two, I think there's other players that you can give a shout out to. I, I try to think of it of which teams have maybe got the easiest groups, obviously, because that's where they're probably going to get the most goals from. And I think France have probably got one of the easiest. You've got Denmark, I know, but I don't think Australia or Tunisia will give them sort of too much of, of a trouble. Um, so I've, I've gone with Benzema just because, one, he takes penalties for France, and two, the form that he's been in as well. Yeah, I can just see I can see him getting it, especially if they get far, which I think they will. Um, Mbappe will be close up there. I did think if I was like maybe Messi and Neymar, but I just don't think they'll get enough. So I think for me it will be Benzema. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did think of Benzema, but I thought with my own pick being France to underachieve, I just thought that you know um, that's why I've not gone for him. And also, you see, do see a lot of times Messi didn't perform in 2010 when everyone thought he would. A lot of times. The big players often don't actually end up being the top goal scorer. It's very rare. I think Kane was one of the rare exceptions where, in my, in my memory, I could be wrong on this, where the top goal scorer was not maybe the, the first choice pick. Um, Naeem, over to you. Who are you going for as your top goal scorer? Uh, I'm going to go with an obvious pick. Um, it's probably going to be his last World Cup. So I'm going to go with Lionel Messi. I think he's going to. Yeah, I think he's gonna. I think I think he'll do well this season. Um, sorry, not this season. Sorry, this tournament. He's he's been having a good season so far at PSG uh, compared to last season. He seems to be a bit more settled now. So yeah, I think this is the one last dance for him. So I think yeah, they the group. You know, Mexico and Poland probably can cause him a little bit of problems, but yeah, they've been they've been in in form um for quite a while now. So. Yeah, I think I think he's going to translate that into the World Cup. So yeah, I'm going to go with Lionel Messi. He might have the stat pad in the the group stages, and then you know might not. He might get an odd goal here and there in the knockout stages, depending on how far they get. But yeah, I'm going to go with Lionel Messi as the top goal scorer for my my shot. Yeah, I really hope he can do it this year. I really hope he can win a tournament because I think for me, if Wales can't win it, which I know they won't, um, I will be cheering <laughs> on Argentina uh, for many reasons. Uh, first of all, main reasons obviously because Messi. You know, deserves to have a World Cup. I know he got to the final in 2014, but for me, I think a player like him, you know, you look at the best players of all time, Pele, Maradona, they've all got what I think Messi is the best player of all time, but I think that would certainly cement his, his legacy. And also it would, um, you know, it would certainly kill off the Ronaldo versus Messi sort of 
um, discussion in my eyes. Of course, there's a possibility that could be a Ronaldo against Messi final if it goes that way. I mean, how that would be amazing. If that, I mean, that, that, that's my pick. If it isn't Wales beating England in a final, that's my next sort of best. Um, that's my next um, most favourable outcome is Argentina winning it and then beating Portugal in the final because that would be the build-up to that final would be amazing if it was Argentina mm-hmm. against Portugal, Ronaldo against Messi and all that. It would be just incredible if that was the case. But also, uh, one of my my good friends, Adam, is actually in Argentina. Um, he arrives a day or two before the final and he's there for like a month with staying with friends in South America. And for him, his thing, I'd love him to be there. If Argentina got to the final and won it, him to be in Argentina when they won it, I think that would be, for his sake as well, that would be an amazing um, thing for him. So um, for me... I've got many reasons why there's all the team I'm supporting once Wales eventually get knocked out. Um, right, in terms of my top goal scorer, I'm going to let the sound of Pete Bock on TikTok tell you my top goal scorer. I don't know whether you guys heard that or not. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> well... If you follow my Twitter and you did our um, Twitter sort of um, competition, you'd have seen who my pick was. And if you know a guy called Pete Bock on, on TikTok, you'll know exactly who I'm on about. But it's Darwin Nunes is my top goal scorer. Um, and I know people are going to say that it's a Liverpool fan coming out of me. But, you know, I don't think that it's a complete uh, bold prediction because, first of all, he's been in brilliant form for us the last last month or so. He scored, I think, I want to get into that stuff now. He scored quite a lot of goals in recent weeks. Um, and he, you know, he's got a good reputation playing for Uruguay as well. You know, he's in good form. Um, and the group itself, Uruguay have got, you know, it's very easy. They've got South Korea, Ghana and Portugal. I think that's very, there's goals in that tournament for him to get. And I think playing alongside the likes of Cavani and Suarez, I think that he, you know, he'll feed off that. And I think you look at his, looking at his stats now, he's got five and 10 in the Premier League. He's got uh, three and six in the Champions League this season. I think he's been unlucky in some sense that he arrived in the same summer as Erling Haaland. I think people often compare the two when often I think that, you know, these things shouldn't be compared to the other um, in my eyes. Um, And yeah, I think he's been, I'm trying to get his last five games up, but I can't seem to find it online. But he is in brilliant form for us. And I think that he... This is a different World Cup to normal because normally you get to the Summer World Cup but they've had three weeks off and by the time they come back, they've had a long, grueling season and they're just not the same player. I think this World Cup, this is why I think Kane could be an also a good chat because I think he has been in brilliant form for Spurs goal-scoring-wise and I think the same thing with Darwin Nunes and I think that he's going to keep the form going. It's only a week or two. I think it's only a week after the season ends that this World Cup starts or something like that. So for me personally, Darwin Nunes, you know, I think he is... My prediction for the Golden Boots. Now, before we go on to our, our final, who's going to win it? Who's going to finish runners-up? We're going to give our, our penultimate prediction, which is the player of the tournament. Now, heading back to myself, um, you know, I could easily go for the likes of Messi, Darwin, Nunes, Benzema, because they're going to score the goals. But I'm going to go for a midfielder who hasn't been in good form for his club team, joined a new team in the summer, but he scored a brilliant goal recently, actually, for his as his national team against the United Arab Emirates and he's got a good record goal scoring wise for his country this year I'm going to go for Juventus's Angel Di Maria I think that he's a player that always performs in, in tournaments he's a player that I think is one of the most underrated in his generation I think him and Benzema have been extremely underrated 
in their career. And I think that with Argentina, I think we'll go far in this tournament. I'm picking them to go to the semi-finals. Um, I think that he's going to be one of the main parts of their success. And I think that he is, to me, someone I think will really do well in this tournament. And I, that's why I've gone for Di Maria as my player of the tournament. Um, heading back to Naeem, who are you picking as your player of the tournament? Well, my player of the tournament, I've gone for, I've gone for Neymar. Um uh, like like with Messi, he's, he's been having a great season for PSG. Um, I think last time I checked, all but like three or four games, he's uh, all but four games or three or four games, he's not scored or assisted um, in, in all competitions. So, yeah, he's he's kind of he's kind of their main man for Brazil. Him and Thiago Silva. Uh, well, back in that twenty fourteen World Cup, um, you saw obviously what happened when uh, both of them was uh, injured. You know, they collapsed against Germany, but. Yeah, this is obviously both probably both their last World Cups as well. So, yeah, I think now's the best time for Brazil to maybe go go ahead and uh, win this tournament. You know, the climate's perfect for these Brazilian players. You know, they're, they're pretty much most of them are pretty much used to the heat. And yeah, he's yeah he's their go-to man. So yeah, I think he's I think he will turn up this time and yeah go out go out um in 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 a, a blade of glory. So. Yeah, I've got I've gone for Neymar as my player of the tournament. I mean, everyone here, if you're a regular listener, you'll know my thoughts on Neymar. Um, but you know, he could prove he could actually prove me wrong for once and actually perform in a big game. Um finally, Ryan, over to you for your player of the tournament. So I I, I did lean towards Neymar to be honest, because I expect big things from Brazil. But I've gone for more of a more of a wild card shout. Um, I'm not sure if he'll if if he'll play that much. I think it's whether he can force his way into the setup. But I've gone for Gabriel Martinelli um, simply because of his form for Arsenal. He's been so so good, and I just think he'll thrive on on that on that wing for Brazil. Uh, I know they've got an, an abundance of attacking players. But I'm not sure how fit Richarlison is going to be, uh, and I think Martinelli's better than him anyway. Um, obviously, you've got Neymar, you've got Jesus, um, Anthony, who I'm not really sure why he got in, especially a- ahead of Firmino. Um, that's a sorry to interrupt here, Ryan. That's an absolute disgrace. I mean, personally, Firmino last year wasn't very good, but he's been excellent this year. He's been scoring goals, getting assists. I, mean, I actually don't mind it in a way because it helps him being fresh then for the rest of the season. But I think for Carlson to get a pick over him and Anthony as well, for that matter, um, it's just a disgrace. And you can't even blame it on the fact that Anthony plays for a big club because so does Firmino. So I, I can't think of a reason why, you know, why he's not been picked. And I think it's just absolutely scandalous in my eyes. No, I do agree. I thought it was a shocking decision because Brazil don't have, have many forwards like Firmino as well. Mm. So we would have offered a different option up front for him. So I'm not sure what their what their front line might be. I mean, um, you'd imagine it would probably be Neymar on one side, maybe Vinicius Junior on the other side, and perhaps Jesus up front, maybe. Um, but yeah, I think. Um, I mean, Vinicius Junior is another shout. I do think it's going to be one of those Brazilian wingers, but um, I think Martinelli. If he gets an opportunity and plays well, which he will, I can see him really flourishing and uh, and providing and scoring. So yeah, he's my 
he's my pick. It's actually, I was actually looking at, Vinicius is actually a player I thought I did think of first, but then I was looking at this article from sportsbrief.com, which says that Brazil likely to drop Real Madrid stars in uh, trio, I should say, in starting lineup. It says the none of the Real Madrid stars in Brazil's FIFA World Cup squad will likely start at the 22 edition in Qatar. Vinicius Jr., Rodrigo and Eda Militao are Los Bancos players named in TT's 26-man team for the Mundial. Um, so... He was actually my, my first thought was going to be Vinicius Jr., uh, but it sounds like to me that maybe he won't even play. And I think you, I think Jesus actually is probably going to be quite a regular player for Brazil. But I think he will start alongside Neymar. And I've got a feeling someone like Rafinha might be a player that might go under the radar. And I think he could be a player that, that might start for them, or even come off the bench. And you know, I'm a big fan of him, and I think that he could easily be a player that people, you know, that surprises everyone and becomes one of the stars of the tournament. Um, now. We are. It is time for our final category, which is going to be the winners and runners-up. Now, we did do a Twitter competition. I'm just going to reel off some of our um, people who've entered the competition for their predictions. Of course, you'd have seen myself, so you've seen uh, Alex's, you've seen mine, Ryan's. But I'm going to give you some of our um, people who have entered the competition, which obviously you have done. Obviously, just remind everyone, the, the prize is a Eurotrips custom hoodie and a club shot of your choice. The, the closing line has now closed. Um, so Declan Carr, uh, he went for an Argentina and Darwin Nunes um, combination. Uh, Jason May uh, at Van uh, Vanilla Mice went for Brazil and Neymar. Uh, Allen at AR4574 went for a Argentina and Mbappe combination. Um, we're going to find other now. Um, we know obviously Jonathan's on there as well. Um, I'm trying to find um, Thomas Wynn, who's a good family friend of mine. He went for. Uh, Brazil and Darwin Nunes. And finally, we're going to give one last shout out to, we're going to give it to Kavita Chuk. Apologies for the pronunciation if I've said that wrong. She went for a Argentina to win and Toro Martinez to win the golden boot. But you've heard our some of our listeners and viewers' predictions. You're now going to hear ours. So what we're going to do, we're going to give you our final. So we're going to give you the two teams we think are going to make it. And then we'll all give at the end our teams who we think are going to win the final. So, heading back to Ryan, who is going to be in the final of the 2022 World Cup, in your opinion? It will most likely be Brazil against France. Um, again, looking at it, how I've predicted it, I, I can see France having a quite, not an, not an easy route to the final, but definitely a more straightforward route. Brazil, I think that they might come up against Argentina in the semi-final, which would be, you know, a great semi-final if that is the case. And um, I was 50-50 on them because Argentina are a team that haven't lost in three years, which is quite a mad statistic. And just because of the form of Messi, the fact that they've got returning players like Dybala and Lataro Martinez as well, I just worry about them defensively and... Brazil, you look at their squad and it's just stacked of talent everywhere. And I do think they have some of the more informed players, which I think is vital going into the tournament. So I think Brazil against France will be the final. And I think Brazil will win it. France, obviously missing Pogba and Kante in midfield is a is a massive blow because although they haven't been in great form when they have played uh, for their clubs in recent sort of 12 to 18 months, they're always on point for the, the French national team. But 
it's whether the likes of Tushimani and Kamavinga can step into that role. I mean, Guendouzi might even play. Adrian Rabio might even play. Rabio has been in really good form for Juventus over the past two months. So he might even start most of their games. And um, I just think their, their attack will get them through. Mbappe and Griezmann, Benzema, you've got Giroud who will come off the bench and might, you know, get them a goal or two as well. So I just can't see past that at the moment, to be honest. Fair play, fair play. Um, Tiago and Frey Brazil final win. Um, now, next up, we're going to go to Naeem. Um, so give us your two teams who are going to make the final and then give us your winner. Uh, two teams I've gone with. Uh, Bookie's favourite, Brazil. And I'm going for a dark horse team that may do well. Uh, hopefully, Netherlands. I think they they might they might get to the final. You know they they they're pretty much a nearly team. They're always getting to the finals and then always falling short. But yeah, Van Hal is obviously come back there again. Um, he's he's doing a good job there so far. They have got a good mixture of um youth and experienced players as well. So, but unfortunately, yeah, I think Brazil will win it this time around. I think it's I think it's time a South American team wins it um this time around. Uh, the European teams, I can't see any. Ones that are strong favourites at the moment. But I think out of them, I'll, I'll go with Netherlands. But, you know, we'll just have to wait and see, really. OK, I, I like that. I mean, I'm always going to be a person that supports Liverpool players when it's not Wales playing. So, you know, the likes of Alisson and Fabinho and, you know, Darwin Nunes and Van Dijk. I'm going to be basically wanting any Liverpool player to do well. But at the same time, I wouldn't mind them being knocked out early because that would mean I'll be, you know, fresher for the rest of the games. Um, so yeah, you've gone for Brazil, Holland final with a, another loss in the final for the Netherlands and a win for Brazil would, would mm-hmm. be their sixth of their tournament. Yeah, sixth. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be... Um, and I'm going to make it a trio. So I'm going to go for Brazil win as well. I think that, you know, the heat's going to be a big factor as well um, in terms of them winning it. You know, the players they've got... If you've got Edison and Alisson, me, two of the best five goalkeepers in the world, they've got the best in my eyes in Alisson. Um, and also you've got likes of I know Militao might not start but you've got him I think is a fantastic uh, young centre-back you know um, Neymar I, I know I've criticised him but he's still a good player you know Rafinha Gabriel Jesus Martinelli the attacks there and in the field um, you know it's brilliant as well so I think I've actually we, we normally do predictions as family like every World Cup we'd have like a little like prediction my mum my dad my grandma my brother used to always, always used to get involved and I've always gone for Brazil the last I think five tournaments 2010, 2014, 2018, and now this tournament. I think that this actually might be the year I actually get that one right. But in terms of the team they beat, again, you'd have seen it from my, uh, actually, you will see it from my Twitter. Um, I'm going for England as my team to make the final. I think that we've seen, again, England have made two big strides in recent years, a same final and a final. You know, um, I think that they'll, according to my thing, they'll play Qatar in the round of 16, which I think they'll win probably with quite big ease. And then they play France in the quarters, who I think, you know, a team I've gone to underachieve. So I think they could beat them as well. And, and then my semi-final was, uh, I think it was Argentina beating Brazil, no, losing to Brazil. And I think it was England playing against Spain. And I think that, um, you know, I think whilst like, Spain got a very good team, um, I, I just I just think that England may have enough to do that. And then the final itself, I just think that I'll be the stage again when they play another good team and they do end up losing because I think that that team, player for player, is, is so strong for Brazil and I think that it's going to be just a massive task to try and beat them. But 
I do think as well, it's the one tournament where England could do well because in the World Cup, because the fact that, you know, you see so many years, apart from 2018, where it gets the summer. I know it's applies to every team, but most, most summers, England players are absolutely knackered by the time it comes to the summer due to the the, ta- the taxi nature that is to be in the Premier League season. And I think that for once, they're doing it mid-season, so they're going to be more game, match on match fit, more sort of less knackered because there's only been, was it two, three months of the season gone so far? You know, Kane's been in brilliant form. You know, Jude Bellingham is, is I think, it's kind of a great tournament. You know, we've all criticised Maguire, but he has not done a foot wrong for England in my eyes. You know, Luke Shaw, the same thing. You know, Trippier's always played well for England, but he's now got the club form to match. I think again, Pick, um, Pickford is going to be a player that, you know, has done exactly done all right this year, I think, in the Premier League, but he in the for England shit, he does turn into a monster. And I just think that wanting Southgate, you could you know, I do question his tactical side of management, his man management is what he's done to galvanize his team together. I think that goes under the radar. And I think that and there's a good sort of spirit in this England cap. And I think that that's something we haven't seen in, you know, in, in certainly in the gold generation, it's been talked about a lot in people's podcasts that yeah, there was a lot of friction, a lot of tension between the Man U players and the Chelsea players, but this time all the players get on. So I think there's a massive factor which um, people don't often talk about enough. So yeah, I've gone for an England-Brazil final and an England win. Um, but that is the end of the podcast. Our World Cup um, preview and prediction. Before, before we do go, we'll just give you Jonathan's uh, predictions. We're going to head over to a soundbite right now and let us hear his predictions. So for my World Cup winner, I'm going to go a little bit different. Everybody, you know, has got Argentina. They've got Brazil as sort of the favorites. I want to change things up a little bit. So I'm going to go with the Netherlands. I think it could be a great storyline. Louis van Gaal uh, suffering from cancer, 71 years old. You know, unfortunately, it's it's not looking good health-wise for him. This will be his last big tournament with the Netherlands team who are extremely talented every single year. Um, I think they've got a good amount of young talent combined with veterans, Memphis Depay, Van Dyke, Frankie, Frankie de Young, Gakpo from PSV, who's had an unbelievable start to this season. I'm going to go with the Netherlands, especially if they win their group, they could end up facing Denmark in the round of 16 and have a pretty favorable draw in the knockout stages. So I'm going to go with a little bit of a surprise dark horse, dark horse pick and I think they're going to beat France. I think France, you know, even with without Pogba, without Conte, with some midfield troubles, they're still so, so, so talented. I think Netherlands are going to beat France. In the final, uh, I'm probably going to listen back to this in a month and just shake my head because of how off this is. But whatever, you know, we usually do that every single time this World Cup comes around. And so my top goal scorer will be Kylian Mbappe. <laughs> You know, especially if I have if I have France going all the way, Benzema has too many injury concerns. I like Mbappe to take the top goal scorer title as well. Overachievers, I'm gonna go with a surprise here as well. I think Qatar are going to overachieve for several reasons. First of all, I think they get through to the knockout stage. Uh, Senegal, uh, Netherlands in their group, and then Ecuador. Senegal has lost Sadio Mane for the tournament, so that helps Qatar's chances a lot. Ecuador aren't very good, so I think Qatar will get through along with the Netherlands, so the knockout stage. So they will overachieve just by getting through Group A. And, you know, this is a team that they've been practicing together 
since September. They shut down league play several months ago. Everybody's been preparing for this every single day. You know, they've been looking forward to this tournament for 12 years. I think they have 11 players in the squad that all play on the same team or something like that. It's insane. Xavi, of course, um, coached them several years ago before his move to Barcelona. Like this is this isn't just some laughable squad. This is a serious group. And you know, let's be honest here. We know that Qatar isn't exactly hmm, how do I say this? Uh, <laughs> You know, there might be, you know, referee decision here or there that goes their way. That's all I'm going to say. Um, maybe some money will change hands along the way. I, I won't go into too much more detail, but I expect Qatar to make it to the round of 16. We saw Russia in 2018 surprisingly do fairly decent. You know, the home teams every once in a while, especially if you're a nation like Qatar, Russia, again, not saying too much. Uh, I've got a feeling they might surprise some people. Uh, underachievers, I, I hope I'm wrong. I really do, but I'm going to go with Argentina. Of course, the hype is all around Argentina. Messi's potentially, most probably, his last tournament. Um, they've got a decent squad. This is their year. They've won, what, 35? They haven't lost in 35 straight games. They beat Brazil in the Copa America final. This is the year if it's ever going to happen. Messi finally has some help. You know, the people that they can get the ball that, you know, it's not just like, let's give the ball to Messi and just pray that he can score a goal individually. Um, so I, I just don't think it's going to be it. I don't know why. I don't really have much reason for it. But I think, again, they will come up short. Uh, I think they will easily advance to the group stage. I mean, Poland, Mexico, Saudi Arabia in their group is, is probably the easiest group they could have possibly gotten. But, you know, going off of history... I think they might just come up just short again. Um, player of the tournament, I'm going to go with a Virgil van Dijk. Maybe a little surprise giving it to a defender, but if Netherlands does end up winning, he's going to be the rock at the back for them. They've got an array of offensive talent to use, so I don't think there will be one firm goal scorer. Um, and I think he's going to be you know, massive. Hasn't been the best at Liverpool this past season. But uh, I think he could turn things around at the World Cup. And then, hey, I think maybe Liverpool can could turn things around in the second half of their season as well. So those are my World Cup predictions. And that's it. And then, of course, uh, before we do go, just want to give my prediction. And as, as a Welshman, I want to give my prediction on Wales's chances because you've talked about England, how far you think they're going to go. But I think in terms of Wales, I've got to talk about Wales a little bit because, you know, as a Welshman who's not seen... Wales playing a tournament before in a World Cup tournament. I think it's only right that I do give Wales some credit and give them some talking points. I do think we'll finish second in the group. I do think that, you know, I think that one thing that we have got that other teams maybe haven't got is, you know, I think there's often a lot of teams that be in a tournament in every World Cup, whereas for Wales, it's these players, all these players, first time playing in the World Cup. And I think that they're going to be, have no fear, essentially. And we saw that in the Euros in 2016, the team had no fear. It was Wales' first major tournament in years. And I think that this could be a factor once again in the World Cup. Of course, Ramsey has been playing really well for Nice from all accounts. Bales also had that really good moment in the MLS um, for LA for LAFC. So I know obviously he isn't the be all and end all, but I think he's certainly going to the tournament, you know, happy again after his, you know, his last few years in Madrid didn't go well. 
And then the round of 16, um, sorry, where is it? So round of 16, we would play the Netherlands. And I think that would be sadly where the tournament would end for us. Um, I think that, you know, Rob Page is far too negative in my eyes. I, I don't think he's got the best. I think as much as I hate to mention this guy's name, but Ryan Giggs, um, I think played a better style of football than Robert Page. And I think a lot of times we saw in the Euros, we would sit back until we conceded and then, and then we would start playing well. And I think we'll see the same again. Even though he got us to our first World Cup, I've got to give him a lot of praise for that, being the first manager since 1958 to get a Wales team to a um, World Cup finals. I just think that his tactics will get exposed in the knockouts. But I think that, again, I think like, like the Euros, we could easily be capable of doing further than that. I think, you know, we would then face um, in the quarterfinals. I can't find it, but, you know, it would be one of France, Spain, Argentina or England. Um, and I just think that that would be where, you know, the quarterfinals is probably our highest seeding point. And I think the round 16 is where we will end up finishing. But I'm just going to recap our predictions overall. So in terms of our uh, overachievers, Ryan went for Uruguay. I went for Qatar. Naeem went for Serbia. Um, and underachievers, both Ryan and Naeem both went for England. I went for France. Played the tournament, Ryan went for Martinelli. I went for Angel Di Maria. Naeem went for Neymar. Runners-up, uh, I went for England. Ryan went for Argentina. And Naeem went for the Netherlands. And then we all, three of us, went for Brazil as our tournament winners. But that has been the end of the podcast. So thank you all for listening. And I hope you all enjoy the World Cup. And we will be back soon for more World Cup talk in our future podcasts. But I've been your host, Andy. This has been Naeem. This has been Ryan. And we will see you guys next time.